guys, welcome to Talk Questions. Hello. Hi. Good afternoon. Good day. Good day. Good day, sir. Good day to you, Shaw. This is a high tea recording. That's mm. what we'll call the afternoon recording. We're holding our mics with our pinkies up. Yes. Oh, that's what you meant by high tea? Hey. Yes. I thought it meant like high testosterone. Oh, very, well, you know what? Between the two of you, it is high testosterone. Let's fucking do it. Oh, about time. Woo. About time. Women. Uh, <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Be I, shopping. They, why do they shop so much? <laughs> that's our money. Yeah. <laughs> like, that with one patriarchy. There goes your shoes, broad. <laughs> Man, we're hitting it with the program bro vibes hard uh-huh. right high now. Tea. High you, tea. You said it. Hi, T. Oh my God, guys, this is, uh, I'm so excited. So I am joined here today by co-host. Alex Young. Hello, hello. And we always allow people to identify themselves how they see fit, just in case they want to be anonymous. Absolutely. Uh, Matt Lieb. Matt Lieb. Super Comedian. You know, I don't like to, I don't like to be anonymous, you know, even, even in the rooms, I, uh, I like to say my full name. You go by I, your full name in the room. Yep, That's, you, you wear a t-shirt. You're that guy. Yeah, you know, I gotta. You know, you never know who's in the audience, right? Yep. Could yeah. be an agent. Could yep. be Steven Spielberg. That's, you know. Wow. Mr. Spielberg. That's where he looks for his talent. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, mean, I like to. Uh, That's yeah, a real. I like to say my first name and then pass out my headshot. Oh, every meeting I go. Card on the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's good. Oh God, that's good. I'll not be professional. This is a real. This is a real two hats at one situation. Mm-hmm. That's right. Networking. Network. Headshots. <laughs> business cards. Whenever I pass out my business card, by the way, it just says "Help me" on it. Ah, that's, okay. Yeah, Perfect. It and there's no number, no information. Nope. Just help me. Yeah. And then when they look back up to see like what there's a. There's a sniper. Uh, oh. as, yeah, it turns out, <laughs> help me get away from the sniper. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay. Somewhere there's a you. 12 and 12 on fire. <laughs> it just lit itself on fire. It was, it was like, just like, no! <laughs> and, then you, and then you say, you've been erased, mm-hmm. and then you walk away. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Hi, Matt Lieb. How are you? So, I'm Matt, good. I'm hey. good. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the uh, on the pod. Yeah, thank Rough you for being on. By the way, I, I love Thank your frames. you. Thank you. I love these frames. I, yeah. I got them in a, in a gift bag. What? Uh, yeah, and there was no lens in them, and it was the first <gasps> time I, I was like, I can just go to like a lens crafters mm-hmm. and get lenses in these because these are the best. They actually don't fit. Mm-hmm. If you look, this is great for the podcast. Yes, people. yes, a visual, but if you look, thing. the uh, the ends of them, uh-huh. they kind of touch at the very like they don't extend past the ear. They actually yeah. right at the beginning of the ear, but They're, it doesn't matter because they look good. It's good front. for aerodynamics. Yeah, it's aerodynamic. Yeah, you don't want sound. any wind resistance. Mm-hmm. Do they hurt your head at all? No, they don't hurt. Uh, they actually, they're, they're, I think they're the perfect glasses, the best glasses I've ever had. Oh, and like wow. They're clear lenses for our listeners. Like, and yeah. I think that that's a personality. You got to commit to that clear lens. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. just wear clear lenses and not follow up with. You oh, know. I've tried many clear lenses before and I was like, I do not have the confidence to pull this off. But, but these, you're doing it. Yeah, those are these, like. I was like, these opaque. look good. They're, they're opaque. Yeah, they're like an opaqueish, like sort of a like a, a ye- they're clear yellow. They're, they're, they're like a cloudy. Goldish. Yeah, they're yeah. cloudy. I yeah. like it. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. It's a good time. Hell Guys, yeah. Matt's with it. He's hip. I'm hip. He's very very hip. He has a ton of time. A ton. A ton. I I mean you it's know like relatively ab- I have uh, nine years. What? Uh, and uh, knock on wood. I don't want to, no fronts, but uh, July 27th of this year will be year number 10. That's amazing. Man, big 10. I know. Oh my gosh. After 10 years, you're allowed to do one drug. 
That's ah, not true. That, those are the we, rules. They used to, I always mm, hear no. the one where it's like, when you're 21, you can drink. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I have to but, wait another 11 years. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ugh. Yeah. No, you don't get to do rule. anything. I but know. you will discover, my experience of 10 years was, um, I felt in a very real way that I knew nothing. Right. I was like, oh, shit. Because mm-hmm. you think you start to know some shit, especially mm-hmm. between like two and five. You're like, I know this. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then you at five, you're like, oh, I don't. Right. I don't know this. kind of like right. comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's exactly like comedy. Yeah. It's a bit. Ten years is humbling because it's a weird number. You're mm-hmm. like, ugh. Yeah. This is real. Yeah, it's very <laughs> real. You spent what a decade of your life. My life? <laughs> yeah, it'll be because... 10 years, it will be like officially, I will have been sober longer than I used drugs and alcohol for. Because like I yeah. started, you know, for, had my first weed, my first weed. Your first, <laughs> your first, your first weed? First, yeah. When I was... Wait, uh, are you a narc? I, yeah, was oh. it your high <laughs> no, weed? Uh, it was, uh, I, I injected one marijuana in <laughs> when I was 14 years old. Uh. Uh, and uh, into your belly button, and right into my belly button. That's mm-hmm. where it get it hits the fastest. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So man, once I hit ten years, I'm gonna be like, I've, 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 I'm now sober longer than that's why than, than I've wild. been using. You did it. Yeah, yeah. That, that means you're cured, right? And no. you get to yeah. go back to heroin. No, yeah. it's actually free <laughs> yeah, free base. I was at a meeting the other day, and this guy with like 32 years was mm-hmm. like, he was he was like, my friend just took eight. And he was all, listen, from six to 10, it can get really tough. And if it hasn't hit you yet, like you can call me anytime. Like he was just really being intense about it. Yeah. And then it was so funny because then he, he looked at me and I said, yeah, does it get weird again around like 14 to 16? And he mm-hmm. was like, oh yeah. yeah. And he goes, you know what was the weirdest one? I go, what? He goes, 29. Yeah. What? Because so there's just like a lot of, you peel back when they say the layers of the onion, they fucking mean it. Like it gets like real, like every moment it gets realer and realer. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's like uh, definitely the first like year two to year five, I think is exactly right. I was like, I got this I know exactly how to stay clean and sober. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I'm very spiritually sound and more spiritually sound than all the other losers in the room. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you, know, you were that guy? Suck it, guys. I'm I was, crushing sobriety. Yeah, I was like, high tea. Uh-huh. I was high tea in sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was high on tea. Yeah. No, but it was like, I, no. I was, I was definitely overconfident. Um, you know, just cause like that pink cloud feeling mm-hmm. at the, at the beginning, you're really like, because you're seeing all of the results. You're amending mm-hmm. all of the problems, you know, of the past. Within those years, all of the friends that I had lost, I'd pretty much gained back and, yeah. and gained back their trust. And mm-hmm. so it was like, I, I got this, dude. I'm fucking, I'm great. And then it's like, once you start hitting your, you know, six, seven, eight for me, uh, you know, and you, uh, you know, I started going to less meetings. I started to, you know, kind of like, I stopped meditating. And then I was, I was like, you know, all of a sudden, all of the uh, psychosis, you know, and all the like mm-hmm. Michigas involved with just the addict mind came back. And uh, so now I'm trying to go to more meetings again. Trying hey. to, yeah, you know, because it's like it, it just it just lies in wait. Your mind yeah. doesn't actually 
change. You just have to do a bunch of things to make mm-hmm. it better. And if you stop doing those things, then it gets worse. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. The disease is like one of those like old timey prison guys that's uh-huh. just done like a nickel, but he's been doing push ups the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah and exactly. Then, and he's then about he, to take him. But when you're not looking, <laughs> exactly, he's yeah. just like at the public park, ready doing to like, bust those cheeks. Yeah. Exactly, I'm about to push it in. <laughs> this is a very high T. <laughs> <I'm so sorry. laughs> you're, you're like you're like triggering me to go like full default, bro. Like I don't I don't mean to. Once it's like, like a last couple of podcasts have ah, been like female centric, and I've been like, mm-hmm, I'm listening. We've done a lot of women. We've done a lot I'm of an women. ally. I'm an ally. Mm-hmm. I'm an ally all the way. Matt comes in. And I'm like, yeah, hi, T, bitch. No, it's yeah. it's fine to rep. We got to represent everybody. That's yeah, the whole exactly. point. That's the whole point. When are when are uh, you know high T dudes uh, gonna have our time? You know, <laughs> I know we we need our time in the spotlight. Exactly. Just, we've been oppressed for so many. We've years. been oppressed for being so high T for so mm-hmm. long. <laughs> There's all these drugs for people with low T. Yeah. Fuck that. What about us? What about us high T's? We need to uh, keep it's the masturbation. Up there. That's what it is. It is it's a lot. Called, yeah. It's called Lots just, of it. Yeah, you got to got to clear it. the chamber. You really got to clear the chamber. The chamber of secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep, the pipe, keep the pipe polished. Exactly. Polished and pipes. Uh, Anna's yeah. about to stab us both. No, I'm not. I'm very okay. That's so funny. I feel bad because the last time we met, I did snap at you a little bit. I was like, "Don't make fun of the best part." Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, well, I, I don't want to get into your guys's you know thing, but what? Uh, oh well, I'll just wait until the best part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you'll know it. Well, you'll no, know it when you get to we'll it. We'll tell you right It'll now. We, we, feel we, great. We, we send people off with an "I love you," and <gasps> I was trying spoilers. No, because we're gonna set it up for a oh. punchline later. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I, I'm trying. At least I'm trying to. Maybe okay. uh, <laughs> a little we, behind we, the we curtain, send, guys. Yeah, we send people off with the with an "I love you" at the end. Oh. It, it's sincere. Mm-hmm. I love a sincere and, "I love you." And sometimes when my feelings, you know, brim up to the top, and I'm just <laughs> like, push them down with sarcasm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm made uh, entirely of defense mechanism so i feel you yeah if i didn't have comedy <laughs> i'd be an, an insufferable uh, yeah, southern teddy bear yeah just, i couldn't dispatch just be like hey what's going on mm-hmm. i'd be i'd be fucking tony robbins like, yeah really yeah, yeah. it'd be gross oh concrete marshmallow yeah concrete marshmallow I, concrete mar- I love you right all right <laughs> say i love you back motherfucker i fucking love whoa. you whoa whoa yeah whoa yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I love so it. So look out for that. I will. I'm excited yeah. about it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming soon. <laughs> Coming soon. And I love you. Oh, well, we're doing it up top. We're lo- I love you guys. Oh, God. I we're going to do it do. again. I, I tell people I love them all the time. Anna. I do it, too. Yeah, yeah. I hug people. I have had to like learn to hug less. That's one of the things. Freaks people out when you yeah. open with a hug and you've never met them before. And yeah. it's like, I'm sorry. I was, I was at a company Christmas party and I said, I'm sorry. I'm stuck on 12-step meeting mode. And the lady right. looked at me and she went, how much time do you have? And I was like, how much time do you have? Yeah. I was like, I smelled it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You can smell it when someone is like already pre consented to a hug yeah it's like this person wants a hug yeah, yeah. and then we do hugs oh yeah. oh mm-hmm. yeah it's crazy more of those you know i noticed that because i got clean through na okay Th- that's what i did and uh i started going to aa later because there was a larger fellowship in san francisco mm. um because i got i went back to la to get mm-hmm. clean because uh no one in san francisco wanted me around mm-hmm. and uh why uh, i know i know <laughs> all i did was live at their houses yeah uh and rent free uh, rent free <laughs> and just smell up the place because i was real stinky when People i was on were drugs dingy yeah and uh and then I noticed that there was a lot of handshaking in AA. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I don't know if you guys have uh, noticed, there are some meetings that do the hugging, but a lot of them do the handshaking. Most of them do the handshake. Mm-hmm. Here's, the, here's what I'm going to do. Now that I know this little secret about you, yeah. I'm going to invite you to speak at my home group. Oh. Because I'm an NA girl. Are you for real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, that's what, because I, I was like, hugging, that's very, that's very, very mm-hmm. yeah. I'm gonna invite you to speak in my home group. It's gonna be fun. I would love yeah. that. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I just uh, and not that. I mean, AA and NA are very similar. It's almost the same. They're thing. basically mm-hmm. the same yeah. thing. The only difference really is there's small differences. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously the literature is different. Literature is different. NA mm. is the only person, uh, only twelve step fellowship that has um, copyright over its own literature. Oh, for real? so yeah. So uh, Alcoholics Anonymous uh, distributes to Hazelton. They don't actually own their copyright any uh. longer. So that's why the seven tradition is like they have those seven traditions posters. Yeah. They actually fully support themselves from the seven tradition, whereas Narcotics Anonymous actually gets a cut of the book sales. Oh, Damn. really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's Do kind of a like different better model. better coffee and better donuts? No. Me- oh, oh at mine, we have a Keurig. Oh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, we part, fu- part we, I mean, do it right. I've been to some janky ass meetings of both fellowships. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. so it's it's all you know. I want it's not centralized, to be- so no matter where you go, you're gonna you, you know see different things exactly but uh you know what i did see and i don't mean to i don't know yeah, if, no I'm, if i'm if i'm talking over a, we can talk frankly but mm-hmm. um i saw a poster right by my house for na they're doing more pi stuff i don't know how i feel about pi stuff uh public information wow. um if you think about it remember back in the 80s uh aa had commercials no do you remember i did not know oh yeah AA had commercials back in the 80s and so basically it's attraction rather than promotion so they're just making the the information available like there's one right on the corner here and i kid you not it's right on the corner where i see a guy regularly just sitting under the underpass like shooting up right sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and so like yeah. i feel like message it, it's <laughs> yeah yeah i think it's it's just uh um it's just like a here's the information but we're not recruiting kind of a thing sure no and i mean i it, it, honestly it's like the, the, people should know it's out there and whatnot Ooh. i think it's not a bad thing to have a lot of people still don't know that that's a fellowship they can go to yeah and which is crazy the more i think about it the better of an idea it is because you know who are promoting all the time is a bunch of for-profit rehab centers yeah. Yeah. that utilize the 12 steps uh, only to justify their uh, existence as legitimate you know uh, rehab operation but really it's just this like you know it, it's a boarding insurance house. you know boarding house that mm-hmm. is just funded by by people's you know corrupt insurance companies yep you're in mm. tests i worked in the industry for like 10 years oh wow i've seen it yeah, I've yeah. seen. Some I worked things. at a rehab center, and when I found out how much they were paying a month, I was like, "I need to buy a house." I know, right? <laughs> Yellow gold, they Yellow call gold. that P. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. Yellow gold. It's crazy, yummy. <laughs> so, with that in mind, yes, um, let's get into it because I know you go on timetable. Yeah, you yeah, got to yeah. meet too. Yeah. But I actually am really excited to interview you because we've done shows together. We got mm-hmm. to do Drunkalog together. Yes, we did. Which I just had Janet uh, on the podcast. Oh, nice. Yeah, Love Janet. And so we just had this like very uh, fun conversation. You. That story, I know you don't usually do it. I think we all did stories that we don't usually do. Right, 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 right. And that was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's a true story. That was really, really fun. And so as far as like your experience, strength and hope, like what is your like what is your experience of surrender either then or on a daily basis my experience of surrender it's interesting question because it's like i i only experience now my you know 
ever buffeting addiction in the back of my head, you know, the, yeah. the dude doing pushups. Yeah. Um, through, uh, not through like any temptation of, uh, you know, uh, wanting to drink or do drugs, although that does happen occasionally. Yeah. Uh, but through nicotine is the big one. Yeah. Uh, like I am, I am like a constant nicotine relapser. And so Sorry. Uh, whenever, no, 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 it's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's just, it, it's one of those things where it's not against, it's not against the rules. Right. But it's like, uh, but I know, you know, number one, it's a, it's money that I can't afford to spend right now and it's useless. It doesn't mm-hmm. do anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, it's like, I just want to be, you know, why can't I just be completely clean of substances, you know? So, I mean, I guess my my constant whenever i find myself like surrendering it's always um when i am right about to relapse on on some uh some nicotine again i mean you know yeah i have to kind of like remind myself that the you know this uh the feeling that i have of like you know the compulsion to use nicotine in this case is like completely out of my control. And I have to just kind of like yeah. step back and, and, uh, you know, kind of, uh, sometimes I read my just for today, uh, yeah. you know, and, uh, yeah, you know, it's like surrendering is, 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 uh, still a bit of a nebulous concept for me mm-hmm. in that, like, you know, there's multiple ways I look at surrendering. There's like, you know, I, I still have some, uh, hangups on it what's uh what's the word i have um reservations yeah regarding surrender because some of the surrender kind of like i can use it to uh kind of justify my own self-will and call it surrendering uh so like an inaction thing yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly and uh but yeah for the most part i and i surrender to my higher power is the group it's not a it's mm-hmm. not a um you know it's a group conscious i don't i don't believe in god you don't have to. Yeah, I've been an atheist in recovery for nine years and still going. So hey. anyone out there Congrats. listening who's like, how am I going to get past the God stuff? It's like, you really don't need to get past it. You yeah. just need to, uh, you know, create your own definition. Yeah, Cre- anything greater than you. Yeah, exactly. Anything yeah. greater than you. Yeah, which is, by the way, lots of shit. Yeah. yeah. You are not that great. And, and, and that's, I mean, I think that's the, the crux of it. I have a friend who's in a Tosfet fellowship and he constantly struggles with that element of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that this, maybe the next step is to just say, I understand your ego will not allow you to believe anything is greater than you. Right. But there's a lot of stuff that's like super greater than you, yeah. whether yeah. it's the weather or literally every, tides uh, or 99.9999% of everything in this world is out of your control. Including yourself, including your own thoughts, including Mm -hmm. your own body and feelings. It's like break it down. We're just animals that know how to read. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. We're animals who know how to read, and you know who've got opposable thumbs. So occasionally we can build something, but Mm -hmm. that's pretty much it. That's it. We we can Mm -hmm. even then. I can't. I can barely build uh, an IKEA bed. So it's like, (laughs) what's really in my control? You know. (laughs) Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, what's been your most like insane moment either in or out of the program or both most insane moment, like Uh, regarding, um, regarding sort of the second step. So you, you know, mm -hmm. it's like coming to believe that a power greater than yourself could restore you to sanity. The first admission of that is uh, that you aren't sane. 
Right. Yeah. No, that's true. That's yeah. true. That, maybe that story that you shared on Drunkalog. Oh, sure. I mean, uh, pretty insane moment. You would say that was a pretty insane moment. So I'll I'll share that story. <laughs> I'm happy to share the story because uh, Alex has never heard it. Immortalize okay. it, please. So <laughs> basically, uh, I the way I ended up moving back to LA to get into recovery was that all of my friends had found out that I was, uh, you know, still using, uh, at that point I was using Dilaudid, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, which is a, uh, an opiate that feels really, really good when you slam it into your veins. I like mm-hmm. needles. I'm a needles guy. Ah, okay. Everything needles. Like, yeah. so if it was pills and whatnot, I mean, I was joking earlier, you can't inject the marijuana, but although nowadays I bet you could, yeah, although you I, could. Don't, mm-hmm. I don't know why you'd want to. Ouch. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. uh, okay. and, uh, <laughs> if you were a drag queen, you'd be sharing needles. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Hey, I'm Sharon Needles. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real drag queen. I didn't even make that up. (laughs) Amazing. She's one of the best drag queens in the world. That's a real thing. Yeah. I'll show you her. I'll show you her Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So I got. uh, So yeah, basically, my friends found out, and one of them called my parents. uh, And oh, what a snitch. I know for for the, not gonna, did he confront you or anything? He's oh like, no no no! That he just called my parents and then I called him and I mean I chewed him out and called him a snitch that I was gonna come up to his house and like beat the shit out of him. He and said then he pump was, him full of delight. Yeah, I pump him full of delight <laughs> and then we could be like even closer friends. Uh, <laughs> you just fall down cuddling. Exactly. And now we're truly sharing needles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now we now we truly sharing needles. Um, so yeah, it's funny. Ever since then, I've uh, I've always just called him a snitch, but yeah. we're 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 good now. Aww, um, is yeah. he in your phone as snitch? Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> there was the a bitch. movie yeah, it was called Snitch that came out with like The Rock or something like that, uh-huh. and like I took a picture of the poster and sent it to him. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, I mar- I was uh, the offic- officiant of his wedding. Um, <gasps> wow! And uh, <laughs> and at the uh, this was once I was obviously when I yeah. got clean and. Um, <laughs> And it was for you, basic at the yeah, at the, uh, yeah no, altar. that would have been like yeah, <laughs> no I now one... pronounce you whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was like uh, the part of the vows. I was like, repeat after me. I promise to love and honor, you know, to have and to hold this and that. And I was like, I promise to never lie, and never steal, and never snitch. <laughs> <laughs> I made both of them. Never going to live that down. Yeah, promise to never snitch. Anyways, so I had moved back home and I had like, you know, I still had some Dilaudid with me. Yeah. um, But I didn't want to because it was in Oakland at the time. Wait, so back up a little bit. When you... When your parents found out, they yeah. immediately enrolled you in the recovery in LA. Or no, what happened happen? was they immediately called me. My mom's, uh, or my mom, or was it my brother? I don't know. So one of them called me and said, "You gotta come home now," because they mm-hmm. found out also I was like homeless and it wasn't like like I was just couch surfing and everything. They're yeah. like, "You just like, gotta- I'm not homeless. I just live in San Francisco." <laughs> I know. That's what I was like. I was like, "Listen, what is a home really?" It's also side construct yeah it's a style construct and also a wood construct uh, <laughs> also a thing that protects you from the elements <laughs> so uh my brother and my mom come uh meet me at oakland airport i'm dropped off by uh one of the people whose houses i was currently staying at 
And I didn't want to bring needles on the plane with me because I was like, uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I thought like, uh, you know, if I get caught with needles, uh, you mm. know, they're going through TSA, blah, blah, blah. So I didn't, yeah. but I, but I kept the Dilaudid because mm. legally the Dilaudid was my Dilaudid. It was under my name. That's like because, a whole, bring a whole nother meaning to the Mile High Club. I uh, know, dude, I should have gone uh, high on that plane. Oh, I have done that, but with cocaine and it was not <laughs> worth it. Um, <laughs> um but anyways, so I didn't bring the needles, but I still have the Dilaudid. I get home uh, and I just have this last bit, uh, you know, it's like, you know, two hits or whatnot. And uh, how long were you using, by the way? I was using opiates from like ages 18 to 24. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just loved opiates. As soon as I discovered opiates, I was like, this is it. This is my, you know. This I've is- never done them, but I'm sure they must be great. I mean, you just like... You just feel I'm an anxious guy. Everything I worry all the time. There's mm-hmm. always like, and I get crippled by my anxiety. And mm-hmm. like, you know, well, I think this is the case with most drug addicts. Is mm-hmm. initially the drugs or the alcohol cures whatever the hell is going on. You yeah. know, it's like it's like you have all these symptoms, and it's just it masks it for a short while before it becomes the problem of your life. Yeah. Um, so to give you an idea, Stuart, I called Stuart when he was about, when he was uh, just about to go into surgery. And I said, tell me what's going on with your leg. And he goes, I'm fine. They're just going to fix it right away. It's going to be, I'm going to have a few stitches. I'm fine. And I said, what do you want? And he goes, I'm on Dilaudid. And I was like, <laughs> I was like you're so high right now. You don't get to tell me how you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me yeah, a cupcake. Yeah. He was literally like, hey, like the most relaxed he had ever been. And he is an uptight motherfucker. (laughs) He was just like, I'm good. It'll make you feel good. Like, yeah. Yeah. And for Stuart, you know, to be like, I'm chilling. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. it means that the with, drugs are good. Exactly, yeah. with his leg flayed open yeah. and every doctor walking by going, oh my. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, yeah, so it's a very powerful, powerful opiate. And um, So you get home, you got so I get two home, hits left. I got two hits left, I don't have a needle, and I hate swallowing pills because it, to me, it's like you just don't get... Like the reason I like Dilaudid and heroin and morphine and all those is, is like when you slam drugs the feeling is it's that classic you know like movie feeling where they're where they're like you know you watch train spotting and you're like oh man you fell into the floor i fell into the floor blah 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 you can you know you can swallow pills and eventually you kind of feel like that but it's a completely different thing so i never would swallow or smoke uh any opiates i would always slam them And, and so but i didn't have any needles and i'm at home and i'm like you know detoxing because i haven't used in a while and i was like i have to use and so i was like okay i'm gonna have to figure something out some way to get this slammed into my body you know i mean i've seen the show lost and on lost on that island they found out a way to do intravenous like uh, like you know i was like i'll find something in here is there a coconut around yeah, here is somewhere? there a coconut that i can macgyver into a needle <laughs> uh so i start looking through everywhere in the house i check you know the bathrooms i check you know the the freaking utility room and the you know and just trying manically anything, just going manically there, looking yeah. through stuff and then i get to the kitchen and i find a turkey baster oh and i was like wait this could work now i knew i wasn't going to you know be able to fit an entire turkey baster into my vein but i had heard that you can put drugs in your butt 
mm-hmm. and it works real fast because right. it's like you got a very thin ma- membrane, kind of like snorting. Yeah, the kids and, call it boofing. Yeah, it's called boofing, boofing. or keystring or keystring old yeah if you're old yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah my grandparents would have called it tuchising uh, <laughs> and um and so i immediately grab the turkey baster run into my room which is my childhood bedroom mind mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. and uh and, and popping that pussy for a uh, delighted mm-hmm. and i was mm-hmm. popping that pussy for delighted so i get on my back and I, uh, I, I go uh, perfectly upright. And I also, so I, you know, I mix it in with some water, the, mm-hmm. the Dilaudid pills, because, uh, you know, to get it, you know, soluble. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and I get into uh, what can, I later w- found out was the halasana position in yoga, <laughs> where you're basically, your, your legs are over your head and your butt is straight up, you know, mm-hmm. butthole. The plow. Yeah, yeah. 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 Butthole to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just... Shove the turkey baster in and uh, let it drip down, and immediately it just hits me, and I just start laughing because I realized that uh, at that moment I was literally hitting bottom, and I was like, <laughs> "This pun is the funniest thing in the world," and, and I knew at that moment too that I was like, "The pun is so good that this might." actually end up being the last time that i use wow and it was it was the last time i used um uh drugs of any kind i mean and then three days later i had my last sip of alcohol and then that was it yeah so that was that was the the insanity that i had come to i mean i really did have a moment of clarity in shoving a turkey baster into my butthole, it gets uh, your attention. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It makes yeah, you go yeah. like, man, how, like, because you're really your 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 legs are over your head, your naked butts in the air. There's an instrument in in into your butt, and you're like, how did it come to this? I'm in my childhood bedroom right now. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's a really, uh, you know, it's almost on the nose. It's, uh, it's huh, dreams it, are a lie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, dreams are a lie, and maybe I am a, a slave to dope. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, so that was that's the story. It's a, and it's and it's real. That's that is something that I how did. How did you get your hands on it at first? Like, what was your first taste? Like, how did I even come to it? Oh, you. T- how says. did I first uh, find mm-hmm. opiates? Mm-hmm. I had a friend in high school who. So uh, I went to uh, Hamilton High School, which is a public high school here mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and. Um, Ah, uh, public school. Okay. Well, th- this I'm was kidding. the thing. There were some public school <laughs> kids who should have been private school kids so Mm -hmm. this is the west side and the west side is a nice mix of like you've got middle class people you've got very poor people and you've Mm -hmm. got very rich people who want to send their kids to Mm -hmm. a public school because Mm -hmm. they are los angeles west los angeles liberals Mm -hmm. um and there's nothing wrong with that i think it's good Mm -hmm. but people should be sent to public school but Mm -hmm. some of these kids you know were like they're parents were in the industry and they were all like cool kids you know one of them's like my dad is one of the singers of three dog night and like yeah and, and i always had a resentment me and my friends you know we had this crew where we all had a resentment uh of like these these cool kids mm-hmm. and they were all like coke heads too Jesus. yeah and uh i mean you know at least that was kind of the assumption they all had went to cool parties and shit and we didn't and so me and my friends were like well we can still do all the drugs so mm-hmm. i had one friend who like basically could procure all the drugs wow. like he was able to get the plug yeah he was the plug and so he you know would get he would get weed he would uh get like cocaine and uh, eventually he was talking about doing heroin and i 
was like a hard yes as soon as he mentioned it. Because as a kid, I was always kind of obsessed with uh all my favorite musicians were heroin addicts and Uh, like you know uh john lennon was a heroin addict at one point keith richards like like everyone had done it and i you know was like fuck it you know i'll I'll try it and you know romanticized you're like oh yeah and i had done delauded uh weirdly enough when I was in fourth grade, because I lost the tip of my middle finger, if you look at it, you see mm-hmm. it looks like a bird. Yeah, I, I adore on a, a fair smiley face. It got a little smiley face. It's, a, it's a little, it's a little gross thing. Yeah. And uh, I uh, uh, adore on a, on a on a ferry boat that we were taking, uh, like cut, uh, you know, slammed on my finger and cut it off, uh, and then on the island they immediately sewed it back together and then gave me Dilaudid. And Jesus. I remember being like, Wow, this it made me feel really good. Like yeah. I was four year old Dilaudid. Yeah, I was well fourth grade. Four, fourth fourth grade, grade fourth which grade, was like, yeah, nine, nine, nine years old. Yeah. And yeah, it was pretty <laughs> wild that they would give a, a nine year old Dilaudid. But anyways, um so I always knew that like opiates in general were like good. So I was like, fuck it, let's try it. You know, at that point too, it's like all this like say no to drugs thing you know i swear in like fifth grade they were telling you you know if you smoke marijuana you could die and i was Mm. and once you smoke weed for the first time and you realize like oh this just kind of makes you like giggly Mm -hmm. yeah uh, you're like the whole thing is a lie you know this whole system and then you throw the table over (laughs) yeah matt Matt just flipped over the table guys yeah (laughs) he's lit yeah i'm lit right now uh (laughs) but yeah so i was like fuck it you know i'll just Mm -hmm. i'll just try it so i tried it first when i was uh, what, what was I uh, like? Eighteen years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like why eighteen? Like, senior year in high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, celebrating. Uh, not even celebrating. <laughs> just he got it, and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. and I tried it, and I loved. Just went it. over to the house, and I what I went over doors. to the his uh, our other friend's house who lived mm-hmm. on the west side. He lived in uh, the in like the deep valley, like San Fernando. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh wow no, drove out to the valley to do delighted well, uh, well we went to to just uh, someone down the street from me mm-hmm. uh to to do it and mm-hmm. uh and it was great and uh you know i it was kind of like something that i was like whenever we have it let's go mm-hmm. do it and whenever we had any drugs that's that's how it was we weren't mm-hmm. like when you're a teenage drug addict, it's all about like opportunity. Yeah, it's about opportunity mm-hmm. yeah. and weekends. Mm-hmm. And and more importantly for me, it was like this, number one, cannot get out. My family cannot find out that I'm doing any drugs. Mm-hmm. And in order to for that to happen, I have to have like okay grades. Now, I wasn't a great student, but I had like a 3.0 grade point average yeah. pretty much. And I mean, it was... 2.95 but close enough uh, you know i wasn't i wasn't a really good student but i was like i certainly wasn't going to get in trouble right and weirdly enough all my friends would get in trouble all the time and i was like you know when you do that it's cry for help status yeah. like you guys keep like you're you're almost advertising you're signaling yeah, yeah you're yeah. signaling to people that you that you got you know problems they're going to assume you're doing drugs and then they're yeah. going to stop you from doing drugs can like, you be uh, more efficient with your drug use that's please. how i felt Thank about you, it i was yeah. like i'm in it for the love of the game i'm yeah. not in it to like look cool <laughs> yeah. um and yeah so then i went to uc santa cruz and like so i didn't have you know my connection anymore mm-hmm. and i was like got introduced to the rooms because i thought i could get drugs at na <laughs> well, you're you not inaccurate wow. <laughs> i found na and and was like i bet there's drugs here 
I was wrong. Up in Santa Cruz. Yeah. You just like Googled rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Googled it or or I forget how I found rooms, but I but it was like determined to to get drugs. And I was like, I'm gonna go where all the drug addicts hang out. NA. Uh and that's when I was introduced (laughs) to it. And it turned out they all just wanted to like Help live, you live clean and help me, and I was like, "Oh, this isn't for me." So eventually, I was able to find a connection. What the fuck do you want, kid? I'm trying to stay clean. <laughs> I just got my kids back. What the like, hell? Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, where can we get some delighted? Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, and then eventually in Santa Cruz, I started, you know, getting my own connections, and all of my connections, by the way, would everyone would last maybe a year before they went off the map that's the thing about like buying fucking opiates from people it's like the infrastructure isn't strong it's not strong Mm -hmm. it's not a sustainable business model because all of the people who are selling me uh like heroin it's theirs uh, it's theirs yeah Yeah. exactly and uh we got 90 of these (laughs) yeah i I mean or they like you know they go to their plug and buy some for me at a markup and then they eventually are gone because you know they either i don't know what happened to some of them some of them i assume uh their parents got them clean and other ones i'm like they're probably in jail or Mm -hmm. dead like who knows Mm -hmm. so uh so i would always binge Whenever I had like, you know, a consistent connection and then they would leave and I would have to get clean again and I wouldn't get clean so much as I would just drink my ass off. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and it, it was just that back and forth until wow. until I um, got a job at a uh, what was it? Well, first I got a job uh, at a needle exchange oh. in Santa Cruz. <laughs> Convenient. Wait, what is a needle exchange? A needle exchange is like an AIDS prevention center. It's yeah. like wow. it's a place where people go so that they can get a clean needles, and yeah. it, it keeps people from sharing needles. Yeah. Uh, and it works remarkably well. Yeah. Uh, it like stops the prevention of of any bloodborne, you know, uh, transmitted disease because people are like, I have my own needles, and I never need to share. Yeah. Um, and it's also a good place to meet people who yeah, uh, like minded folks. Help you score. Yeah, yeah help yeah. you score. Exactly. And uh, and then eventually I got a job at uh, a doctor's office. <laughs> uh, Double convenient. I know. I really like I didn't You're learn. I didn't learn very much in college. I cheated my way through, I would say, most of it. I mm-hmm. mean, it, you graduated. I graduated. Yeah. Wow. But like I would, you know, because it, when it, I had. When I was just drinking, you know, I would be able to do my work pretty mm-hmm. much. But when I was using, like, I would forget that I was even in a, enrolled in that class. I'm like, oh, shit, we have a project or we have an essay. Mm-hmm. And I would just, like, I'm really good at, at uh, faking essays. I mean, you can Embellishing, just, yeah, yeah. You can just embellish and you can use quotes, like, crazy long quotes and, mm-hmm. and fucking stuff. And, you know, I was able to pass classes. And, you know, a few of uh, the times I would just, I downloaded papers on the internet and shit like that. Just because, like, I was just trying to get the degree. I wasn't trying to learn anything. Mm-hmm. Looking back now, I have a lot of debt. And I really <laughs> wish I had learned something. <laughs> but I did learn. Same here. I did learn how to score. I used to uh, show to my classes. Mm-hmm. And then I'd forget that we'd have an essay or something. Mm-hmm. And then... That, that's when I was in much better shape, much younger, much more brisk. So I would look at the extra credit question mm. and, I would, and I would excuse myself to go to the bathroom and I would dart down three flights of steps, yeah. run into the library. Oh, wow. This is before we like really had cell phones on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I would look up the definition, read a paragraph, 
and then dart back upstairs three nice. flights and then i'd write like a two to three page essay wow and i was like yeah and wow. I, and i'd freaking get it like a, i got all the extra credit yeah yeah, yeah i was yeah. like i don't need to study for this shit <laughs> no it's true i mean it, it, it's it, there's like there's ways to pass at school that don't involve studying at all. And uh, that's pretty much <laughs> what I did because my, my main goal was getting high yeah. and like, like, and being a functional high person. Like I took a lot of pride in like being able to complete school, have a job mm. and be high the whole time. And once I got the job <laughs> at the doctor's office, uh, I, that's when I started, uh, I mean, this is towards this is kind of the beginning of the end. Mm -hmm. uh, I stole a triplicate uh, prescription pad, which yeah. is the ones for all of the like, you know, the what is it? Uh, what are they called? Class Level? A narcotics. Class, yes, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And uh, so the Schedule Fours or Schedule whatever. Four, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so yeah, I started writing myself prescriptions for morphine, and then later Dilaudid, and. Uh, uh yeah and that's, gold mine yeah it was a fucking gold mine and if i had been like an industrious a dope mine yeah <laughs> a beautiful dope mine <laughs> uh, if i had been industrious i would have like <clears throat> sold it or tried to have like a, make a business out of it and then like doubled what i could get you know mm -hmm. but i wasn't i was all about personal use which yeah. makes me feel better mm -hmm. um because i didn't like get anyone else hooked on some shit okay um but yeah that's wow yeah feel like i'm just like you got it all out yeah, we just, got the whole thing yeah yeah what's uh with all that in mind like mm -hmm. how do you make decisions how do i make decisions yeah you know hmm. how we make that we go from that insanity phase to like making a decision whether it was you know to get clean which you obviously outlined asshole up in the air you're good yeah yeah yeah, yeah. right like yeah. how do you make decisions today how do i make decisions well i guess it depends on what we're talking about specifically like what kind of decisions because like i don't i'm not good at making decisions today in terms of uh like i make healthy decisions like i every day i make the decision not mm -hmm. to use that's one thing i i'm consistent with like, yeah it's not that i'm like putting in a position where i could use and then decide not to but it's more like i mean i guess it is that it's like i could use at any point but it's just so second nature to ignore any of those lingering like yeah. reservations that i don't so i mean the rest is like how do i make the decision of what i'm going to eat today mm -hmm. i i you know uh, i just end up thinking about it too long and then i don't eat and then i'm too and then it's too late and mm -hmm. uh and then i mean yeah i don't i don't know how do i make decisions well what, like uh, What's an example of like a decision? Like, give me a decision that you make every day. Hmm. I mean, I, I relate a lot to what you just said mm -hmm. because I used to, I called it last meal ever syndrome. I was mm -hmm. like crippled for many years yeah. um, on how to make decisions. I was yeah. terrified. And so like, let's say um, an employment opportunity, mm -hmm. right? And then suddenly it's like, oh yeah, of course I want to do that. And yeah. then you're like, wait a minute, but it's going to take away from my time or it's going to do this or it's oh, going to sure. do that. It's going to be different. Or, um, should I, gosh, should I, I, I mean, Hmm. I mean, in, in that case, it's like every decision that I make, mm -hmm. uh, that's not kind of like the, what am I going to eat today thing is like, I've put myself in my life in a position to only, um, to, I, I, this sounds weird, but, uh, 
the decisions that I make have to do like career centric decisions a lot mm-hmm. of the times. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm, I, I, my schedule is, is, you know, a mix of like comedy, uh, performing, uh, and comedy writing. Right. And so if the, you're asking, how do I make the decision between like, you know, uh, if I maybe like one or the other, like, right, the, or I, even work life balance decisions. Cause that can be it's very, very difficult for us. It's very difficult. Yeah. I, I, to this day struggle with like my, my balancing everything mm-hmm. that I have, uh, to do in my life. And I, and the way I usually make the decision is kind of on, uh, my own personal feeling, which is not good. I, I'm trying to, uh, get more discipline, uh, when it comes to my decision-making, like I I should be writing two hours every day, no matter what, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, uh, but if I'm not in the mood to write and I just can't break through that first 30 minutes, you know, where you're just trying to get something good on paper, um, you know, I, I let the anxiety sometimes take over, and uh and then and then i'm like paralyzed so it's like uh, right now i would say my decision making abilities are i have a crutch and that's my girlfriend like (laughs) i i know that i need to keep uh my own schedule open for um you know making dinner or like you know going out doing other things besides comedy mm-hmm. uh so i i have like this you know this one thing in my life that keeps me anchored at like oh this is what real life is because like yeah. if it's up to me i indulge my my addictive personality yes. which is like go after you know be obsessive about everything you know what if prompted i'm writing you to start comedy what's that what prompted you to start comedy um i tried comedy when i was 18 years old (laughs) same age as uh, heroin and uh, (laughs) but i was in college at this point i was at uh uc santa cruz and there was a stand-up comedy class and i was like i immediately i heard about it while i was in another class and Mm -hmm. i immediately dropped that class and entered the stand-up comedy class because i was like i've always wanted to do this you know i bought a book about was stand-up it, comedy. Was it the Judy Carter It bug? was, of course, it was the Judy Carter ah! that, is, that grifter has, you know, the so much money from people's dreams, uh-huh. I'm sure. I mean, it's a good book. The truth yeah. of it is, is it, like... It still works. Is like, it, it, if you follow what it says, it works. It works. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, you know, the truth of it is, is that everyone who's actually buying the book, I'd say 95% of people never, ever even tr- attempt it. They just yeah. read it and they go like, yeah, no, not for me. Yeah. It's too scary. So I had never done it based on reading the book alone because I was like, oh, I'm not going to go. You know, I put down in my schedule, like, go to the Laugh Factory, open mic this day, you know, and Get then I would, deal. Ne- I would never do it. Um, and then in in college, I had a stand-up comedy class that I would go to. And my first set ever um, was like five, it was like, or three minutes about your personal life or something. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and it was basically a glorified open mic. Um, Mm -hmm. And I did really well. And ever since then, I was like, that was like, 
I got high from that feeling. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like this different type of high that I had in my life. And so I would try, I would do stand up occasionally. Then I mm-hmm. would do like sketch comedy with some mm-hmm. friends in college. Uh, but I, you know, once drugs took over, that was it. I, it's all I wanted to do. I mm-hmm. didn't want to do, mm-hmm. you know, comedy or anything. It just was kind of like this thing that I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe someday. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once I got Fucking clean. open mic. I'm about to open these veins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to open my veins. Uh, and so, buttholes. So and my butt. Uh, I love that you guys have testosterone yourselves I into know. a weird corner. I it's very know. funny. I can't help it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so much fun. <laughs> yeah. And once I got clean, then uh, I enrolled in at SF State to get a teaching credential. Was in that program for two months before I realized I could not be a teacher. And that I... Right, so how did you get over to SF? I While I was living at home in LA, uh, you know, getting clean, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I need to... I'm, you know, I have no job. I'm living at home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to meetings every day what's my future? And I was mm-hmm. like, I guess I could be a teacher. You yeah. Know? That's a good union job. You know, mm-hmm. if you, if you can get it, the hours are great. Like mm-hmm. vacations. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, my parents, my dad was a teacher and I thought he was just like, you know, a, a complainy pants. But then when I actually, you know, went to school to be a teacher, it's like, Oh no, this isn't a job. This is a fucking lifestyle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. being a teacher is, is legit. You have to like really want to be a teacher because mm-hmm. everything is in the way. There's mm-hmm. it, like yeah. they, they make it as hard as possible to be a teacher in this country. Yeah, uh, I assume not in other countries, <laughs> but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and so, yeah, I realized it wasn't for me, and I was like, I want to try stand up again. I was good at that, and I liked mm-hmm. that, and it made me feel you know good. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's when I was at that point 26. So mm-hmm. I had about two years clean when I did my first open mic, Yay. and nice. uh, yeah, and then. The rest is history. It's All history. Right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> What's your... Um, <laughs> no, you got more questions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got 12 of them. Yeah, um, let's do it. What is the thing in your recovery journey you've learned that surprised you the most? Um, What is the thing that I've learned that surprised me the most? Um, well, I mean, one of the big moments of clarity was, like we were talking about before, um, realizing how uh, out of my control everything that I was constantly worried about was. Mm. You know, so like I spent so much mental energy on things that I that I couldn't control. People's health. For, mm-hmm. It was a big one. You know, I was always worried about m- people in my family getting sick or being sad or depressed. I, I kind of like overly, I mean, I would consider myself, this is going to sound weird, but clinically empathetic to a point yeah. where like I have anxiety about other people's ills. Mm-hmm. And Somewhere between being an empath and codependency. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's yeah. it, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so... Um, I kind of learned to uh, give other people credit for their own ability to cope with with stuff. Like I was always worried that everyone else's issue, like, well, if I had that, whatever the issue is, whatever the illness is, whatever, you know, I would be fine because I know how to deal with stuff. But but <laughs> but they 
I can't imagine, you know, like right. thinking about, you know, people being, I mean, sick is, is, is a yeah. kind of a big example, but that's one example. People in my life who had different illnesses or who had different oh, I'd crush problems. that cancer if I was you. Yeah, uh. well, it, not so much crush it, but I'd be like, I think yeah. I'd be okay with dying, but I'm not okay with other people dying, mm. and uh, I don't think they could handle it. Um, and it was the same thing with my parents and, uh, you know, uh, them, me not wanting to tell them that I, you know, was an addict or, mm-hmm. you know, it, because part of it was like, oh, they'll just fall apart, you know? They'll just mm-hmm. like, they'll completely fall apart, their whole lives will collapse. And I realized, you know, in recovery that like, you know, people are, uh, people have their own issues and, and like they can deal with them and that it's not up to me to make other people feel better or comfortable or, you know, like you, you do what you can do, but like worrying about shit all the time isn't going to fucking help. People pleasing. Yeah. Big people pleaser for sure. And I think the other thing I learned was that. Um, is was to not, and this also sounds kind of strange, but not count on people in, in, in the way that I used to, cause the way I used to, I was so mad when all my friends were like, we can't deal with you being an addict, uh, you know, started kicking me out of their homes. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, I was like, but that's your job as like a friend. Like, you're supposed to help me. You're not mm-hmm. supposed to pawn me off to my parents or whatnot. And, you know, I would, when I was living, you know, at my parents' house, I was so mad at them mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, for, and, and wondering, like, I wonder what, you know, they're probably, you know, I, I, I just, I guess I expected everyone to um, be thinking about me 24 <laughs> seven and it, 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 which is super fucked up. It it's was, so real though. It, That's such yeah. an addict thing. Yeah. It's so real. I was like, they, you know, like, it, like they must be thinking about me as much as I'm thinking about me. And I just, you know, it was realizing that like people have their own shit mm-hmm. in their lives. They're not constantly upset. Like all those dark voices in your head that are telling you people are saying this or that, and all that it's all just <laughs> bullshit yeah like uh your disease getting the best of you man. it really yeah. is yeah. and like you know i say this uh, you know and i mean it half jokingly but not so much but like feelings are just lies that your that your mind tells your body so that it can get you to do heroin again in the case of addiction it's true it's like it's like fe- a lot of feelings are just these kind of like constructed mm. you know lies in mm. your in your mind that, that are deeply rooted from like past experiences yeah. you're like oh uh, yeah that i remember that one time so therefore this yeah is, those variables are identical so therefore exactly uh, it, and it, now it, i'm gonna act this way yeah now i'm gonna react to this completely made up thing that my yeah. mind did mm-hmm. and and so realizing that like the, you know this too shall pass was huge mm-hmm. for me that was like one mm-hmm. of the the biggest you know uh moments of clarity for me was like this feeling will pass yeah. every feeling that i have is going to eventually pass i can't control the fact that i feel this way now but eventually i won't feel this way it's yeah. kind of like surfing you guys ever been surfing before yes. so when you're when you boarded well when you like wipe out they say uh one of the things that people do under the water is panic immediately Yeah, you should go you, turn into a jellyfish and you, just like yeah exactly let it take you don't panic because then you're using up all that oxygen your heart yes. ra- ra- is racing everything if you just count to 10 you will bob up 
eventually you'll you'll reach the surface yeah. and you'll be able to breathe so just count to 10 and the shit will will pass and you will be you'll be fine it's a great analogy and, and yeah to me that was like the thing is those like don't panic this is going to pass and eventually you'll be able to to, to breathe yeah. again then yeah. don't break exactly yeah. yeah that's awesome what would you say your level of honesty is today i i mean i would say it's higher uh, than it was at any point in which I was using. Um, but it's still, you know, I still struggle with, with, with honesty. You know, I still struggle with like kind of, uh, I mean, you know, we're all, you know, progress, uh, not perfection, you know, mm-hmm. um, like we're, I still struggle with like trying to balance out things in my life yeah. through lies, you know, yeah. like, uh, uh, t- telling like little lies because it's easier than like explaining how I really feel and, right. and whatnot. So like I still struggle with stuff, but I definitely like, I mean, I would lie about fucking random shit when I was mm-hmm. using so yeah. much fun. It's, it's fun. just for the thrill of doing it. It's mm-hmm. like shoplifting, yeah. but in yeah. a conversation. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, it was just like, it was like, it, it, I mean, to the point, like really dumb stuff, like, did you see this movie? And then I would be like, if I had seen it, then I would say no. And if I had seen, if I hadn't seen it, I'd say yes. It was like, why? Why am I doing this? Have you been to this restaurant? This- Delicious. It was just, it was, uh, yeah. It, I think it was. I was just convinced that I was such a loser that whatever the right answer, the real answer was, was the loser answer. So I would just do the opposite. Oh, yeah. it that's was like, the hardest thing to say. Is I don't know. Yeah, exactly. To just be like, I don't know, or or tell me about something, or yeah. yes, I have. Seen, you know, it's just like mm. really, really dumb stuff. So I lie way, way less now. Now my lies are kind of self-preservation lies, which are still not healthy, but you know the there there's worse i've been worse <laughs> yeah yeah it gets different yeah that'll get different too yeah yeah, yeah. The, what is how you mentioned anxiety a lot mm-hmm. I, you and i definitely could worry in a corner somewhere oh definitely um what is your like experience of fear and anxiety my experience of fear and anxiety is i would say mostly um I mean, it's paralysis. That's how I it manifests in my mm. in my being. Is like uh, if I'm in fear or you know anxiety, I just stop everything. Yeah, I, I can't write. I can't like. Uh, I I've been trying to stop myself from playing phone games whenever I'm in fear because it's like something that I do uh, in order to like turn off i'm constantly looking for a way to shut my mind off Mm -hmm. and rather than meditation or you know you know something healthy Mm -hmm. i'll like you know play tune blast on my phone which is just a game that does nothing you just colors match up and you it's like i'm always looking for ways to shut my mind off um so or distracting yeah i just try to get distracted from my own fear and anxiety whenever i'm really in fear and you know i i I don't have as many self-destructive tendencies anymore because i don't allow myself to do to drink or do drugs so i am blessed in that now i'm not taking out my fear and anxieties on myself 
or really on other people because right. I've, I've never been someone who would wanted to put stuff on other people even even though when I was using it, ah come on out, it's so fun mm-hmm. to blame others no I enjoyed I enjoyed like blaming others once you know, <laughs> well, you know once I was living at home then I could safely blame everyone they're <laughs> so just looking out the window wearing yeah. an ascot yeah like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. hand wringing like i'll get them yeah uh <laughs> but uh yeah no i i um i definitely am someone who experiences uh, paralyzing fear and anxiety yeah yeah, yeah. What's your uh, one thing, what's a character defect you'd still like to work on or that you're still working on on a daily basis? Um, I would say uh, not not allowing other people to share in my own happiness or trying to take my happiness and like like squash it. Like not so much squash it, but like, whenever I feel like a, like something good happens or I feel like some genuine joy, uh, I stop myself from sharing it with other people. Cause I know that when I'm not feeling joyful and someone tells me how happy they are, I want them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so like, I'll project that feeling onto other people and I'll be like, well, certainly if, if I told, you know, such and such that hey, I'm feeling really good today, that they would resent me for it. So it's like this assumption <laughs> that people will automatically resent me for being happy um, keeps me. Doesn't from, help that you're around a bunch of clinically depressed comedians. Yeah, you I can't know. be like, yo, I crushed. Yeah. Had a great set. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, <laughs> oh, I didn't get up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, stand up is really hard for for people like us. I think mm-hmm. because of the fact that stand up is already a very lonely mm. uh, like field of you know like it's a lonely career yeah because all of your successes are yours alone and all of your failures are yours alone Mm -hmm. and so like uh being able to share in in either of those with anyone safely feels difficult so i'm trying to work on like if i'm you know feeling good, allowing myself to feel it. And if I'm mm-hmm. feeling bad, allowing myself to feel bad. Not not trying to tune out my feelings. Like, that was a big reason why I used, as I didn't want to feel anything. Right. So uh, now I have no choice but to feel those feelings, but I still try to stop them, and mm-hmm. I feel like I need to stop trying to stop my feelings. Have you ever, um, what cracked that open for me mm-hmm. was, have you ever met Tr- Natisha Anderson? I don't think so. She's a comedian and she's a, she's an actress. She's been on a bunch of different things. She's really nice. And every time I see her, she goes, um, how are you? And I, because I have more experience outside of comedy than I do in, yeah. I say how I'm doing. I don't talk about my career, which is what most people do. Right. They talk about their career. Right. So I say, oh, you know, I'm doing fine. You know, boyfriend hurt himself, a little stressed out, tired, yeah. whatever. And um, and then she'll stop and she'll say, and how is your career? She'll ask me point blank. And yeah. I'm like, okay. And I'll tell her that. And then she'll say, you know what? That's great. I celebrate you. Oh. And that, right? <laughs> I that, love that. That cuts yeah. to your, like, <laughs> like, like, there's no arguing with that. It's yeah. not like, it's like, oh, I celebrate you. And so I've practiced in my mind. like I celebrate you, you is a good way. Because if you say, I'm happy for you, yes. it sounds sarcastic. But yeah. I celebrate you is like, that's, 
yes, you're I doing it. You're killing it. Yeah. And like, I, I, I love that. So when I get it, cause I'm not in, I'm not like a robot. I, I have jealous feelings. Somebody was questioning oh, yeah. me last night. They were like, but don't you get jealous? And I was like, but I actively work mm. on not getting jealous. Uh, like yeah. I say a gratitude list quietly in my head when I wake up in the morning oh, after good. I do my prayer. I, yeah. I do, I'm literally doing meditation on gratitude right mm. now. I, I let like, I let people know, like, I celebrate them when they're mm-hmm. doing great. You know what I mean? That's like, great. Vanessa Gonzalez being the first Latina to ever have a half hour special on Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, you're blah, important. Blah. Like yeah. you're important. Thank you. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And like really, you know, really trying to celebrate people. I love that. As opposed to getting in that space of like, why, why am I not getting yeah, shit? Yeah, right, and it's right. Like, it's so hard. Oh man, so I live I, in that every I live single in it day. Too. I'm, I'm not like, funny oh. in that space. No, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm mm-hmm. the yeah. worst version of myself. Yeah. And I'm in the worst mood I can be in Ugh. when I'm. And it shows on my face, which is yes. like I'm, yeah. I read like already. If I don't smile, I already have kind of like a, a mean face. Yes. I don't know what it is, but so when I'm upset, <laughs> yeah, it looks like I just got done like killing a family. You know, like, they're like, what, Alex, resting what? Vietnam face. Yeah, resting Vietnam face is what I have. <laughs> resting DMZ face. Like, <laughs> and it will come up to me and be uh-huh. like, "How's everything? Are you okay?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, man, this motherfucker. Yeah, it's crazy hard. Why am I not on this all Asian show? I'm Asian. Right, right. I mean, it's like <laughs> stupid I, shit, just stupid things that yeah. I think everyone's thinking of oh. me. I think I'm at the front of the line, like yeah. every day. And it, honestly, uh, like it's, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it drives me nuts. Yeah, and it's I have so, to check myself a lot. I have to do it too. I mean, I I find myself constantly comparing myself to others and constantly feeling bad about people who I should genuinely feel happy mm-hmm. for because they are either friends or they're like people who I know deserve yep. good shit. Yep. And, and I have to like stop myself and go, and, and I've been really good uh, recently at kind of correcting the thinking where I will, no matter what, I've accepted the fact that my first reaction um, to other people's career goals being met mm-hmm. is that tinge of jealousy. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I've accepted that, like that's that's how I'm wired. Mm-hmm. I'm wired in that, like I'm, 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 you know, ambitious. So I go, ooh, I want that. I had to and, rebrand it as friendly competition. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, okay, that that takes a little edge yeah. off a little. Yeah. It also informs you what you want. You, yeah. know, you might not have known you wanted the thing until you saw someone earn it, and then you're like, oh, I want that right. thing. No, yeah. you're like, wait, is that for you? Then I have to question myself. Right. Like, is that my thing? No, it's not. Then yeah. why are you even looking over there? That's right. Not, that's not. That's not what you ordered off the menu. Yeah. Like, right. No, stop. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I've had to do. I've had to do a lot of like gratitude lists. Is a yeah. huge thing. It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know. It's basically and and for a comic, a lot of time that's just like listing the fucking e- either like. It can be as high as listing the credits that you have, which sounds super lame, but you can mm-hmm. feel like, well, you know, or, you know, I feel pretty good. I was on Viceland once, or you can, you know, <laughs> you can be like, uh, you know, I have X, you know, you just like listing the things that you are so grateful for yeah. in this career uh, is very, very helpful. And, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, or like even if it's just a new joke that's working, you know, mm-hmm. that new joke feeling, that new joke feeling is nothing like it. There's nothing. There's everyone, like look it. at my baby. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like wearing a new outfit yeah. that you can. That, that it's yeah, it's like wearing a, a floating around. like a fresh yeah. new yeah. outfit, and you yeah. know you look good. Exactly. You're like, mm, I'm gonna hit them with You're this like, new shit. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah, feels yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah. Or you can just tell your friends like, yo, you know, just working on this new bit. You know, it's doing all right. Yeah, it's doing all right. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed it. Just I got all my other. I got all my other stuff. I can just throw away. You know, I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. it's so funny. What is your experience of forgiveness? My own personal experience has been, uh, I mean, with people forgiving me, for example. Either way. If we're going to start there, uh, I have been lucky enough to be surrounded by people who um, were more more than willing to forgive me for a lot of dumb shit. I mean, I ne- I was never too bad of a, uh, of a, like, I mean, I, I never stole anyone's car or mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, did shit like that. I did some, I've done some bad shit to people, but it's always been like, uh, I mean, when you're in the rooms for long enough, you're like, well, at least I never did that. You, know? <laughs> true. Yeah. you hear some shit where you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that was the first time we really talked about it is that yeah. weird moment where we talked about it on another Unpops podcast yeah. where somebody will be like, well, I murdered a whole family yeah, and right. everyone claps. They're like, yeah. oh, thank you for your share. Yeah, like, it's right. like this weird, like. Or, I, I drove a minivan through a daycare. Yeah. Like, right. yeah. Wow, okay, I mean, okay. and, and that includes people I've heard, you know, like I've have a couple of people who I know from the rooms, you know, who, you will hear about them physically abusing their spouse or mm-hmm. like, you know, I got uh, or, my dog high or, on meth. Yeah. Right. Or like, you know, stuff that's completely, if it were to come out, you know, like if, in this kind of internet day and age is yeah. like, is, they'd be like, Oh, you're immediately canceled, you know, like Louie level shit. Yeah. Except for not, not Louie level people. So it's a bit different. <laughs> it is a little, you know, different. it's like, uh, your girlfriend's bit about what she wants to oh, do yeah. in retaliation to that yeah, is the yeah. funniest shit I've ever heard oh, in my life. Yeah. I love it. I love it's it. It's so too. great. Anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> we're going to have her on too. Yeah. Days. Francesca Fiorentini. She's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful so woman. Funny. And I love her. Yeah, um, so yeah, uh, I've been lucky enough to be surrounded by people who have forgiven me for for things, people who I've made amends to, and people who like I didn't do an official amends with, who, uh, you know, are back in my life, and I'm like, ah, shit, I should make a full amends to, you know, I haven't yeah. completed my amends to some people because I only later realized that I owed them one, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, because I, you know, I've forgotten a lot of the stuff that I've done, so I, I definitely a lot of go- blackouts, I'm sure, a lot of blackouts. <laughs> I've yeah. gone through the experience of uh, making amends to people and them being like, um no you didn't do that and i was like oh i didn't and they're like no you did this other thing it's like we like, all went through oh. like, like we all went through like memento yeah exactly yeah. exactly it's basically memento i have to tattoo on my body all the amends <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah forgiveness good and 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 i've i uh, struggle with forgiveness forgiveness a little uh-huh. bit more i have low tolerance for people uh in yeah in my life who in any way try to like it, it's weird if you I don't want to. I mean, betray me. Betray is a weird word. Oh, don't word cross Matt Lee, guys. You will never no, work in this town again. I know. It's just one of those things where it's like if you if you like do mm. something that shows that you're like an unkind, uncaring person, or someone who's like so thoughtless that you would yeah. like actively try to hurt someone. Like like I, I've I've definitely had people who said like the worst thing to me mm. at the worst moment and been like, oh, I don't trust you at all. 
You know, like if that's how you're going to react to that. Like I had a friend who one time I was explaining like a deep feeling of resentment towards another comedian Mm -hmm. who uh, I felt was like getting stuff and I wanted to get stuff and it just, Mm -hmm. it just hurt me that -hmm. they were getting stuff. And unlike kind of our, you know, Mm -hmm. collective being like, Mm -hmm. I've been there you know what mm-hmm. and, right. and whatnot his reaction was like uh, oh that's you know that sucks man i mean you should uh, i don't know what you want me to tell you like you know get over it uh like there you know and i was like yeah no i know i should and whatnot and i was like but you know that feeling though doesn't it and they're like no and i was like <laughs> uh. you were looking for empathy and what you got was sympathy uh, well, what i you... got was a lie there's no <laughs> way <laughs> you've never felt that. that's true yeah. that's like true. are you you're kidding not me? that yeah. cool you're not that cool yeah and yeah. so it was uh, like uh, so i go through like you know so that was like a person in my life who i used to confide a little bit more in and then i was like i relegated the relationship to mm-hmm. like, yeah, like why go back to get shut down yeah i was like i relegated the relationship to like oh we'll just joke around about stuff but never yeah. get deep and like you know i can and it's so healthy as yeah. as crazy as it sounds a little bit like yeah in our minds like that's a healthy amount because i know who i can you know yeah. text i had a good set too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right? i had yeah. a good set today all went well there's some people i'm just like yeah, there's no point yeah there's no point yeah. you know and it's like it, it, it is a good thing it's like a self-preservation thing but then sometimes i go overboard and i'm like why did i why am i not friends with that person anymore oh yeah because they did this thing that made me lose my trust in them and i'm like mm-hmm they've probably grown since then. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I need to learn to balance a little bit and not you play hold, it by ear, play it by ear and yeah. not hold grudges. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I mean, I don't so much hold grudges as I do like keep people at arm's length if I don't trust them. Yeah. And, uh, so I need to learn to balance that because it used to be overly trusting. Now mm-hmm. I'm underly trusting. I'm, I'm actively mm-hmm. cultivating that right now. Yeah. Like actively, like really, um, looking at that and how to, I, I think relationships have to change shape sometimes. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and allowing that to happen and being comfortable with that as an addict with some pretty bad abandonment issues. Sure, like, yes. That can be more frightening for me. So it's easier for me to push them to the side. Exactly. Rather than say like, okay, well, this is just the intimacy level in this relationship just has to adjust a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And usually they're not uncomfortable with it. Yeah. I'm the one who's uncomfortable with yes. it. Because it's like they didn't meet my expectations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's like... <laughs> you get to a point with a certain amount of time where it's like all of your resentments are just based in your own shit. And you're like, yes. oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bitch. Like it's no, totally. What's the weirdest amends you've ever had to make? And we'll, we'll burn through these last questions. Okay. The weirdest amends I had to make. Um, bra, bra, bra. let me see. It's the weirdest amends that I had to make. To the turkey baster? Uh, no, I never made the amends to the turkey baster. <laughs> Thanksgiving's I, never been the same. Um, yes. Can't look at a Thanksgiving think, turkey the same anymore. I, I don't know if, if I had a weird amends. I definitely had hard amends to mm-hmm. make. Um, I, like one of the hardest was uh, making amends to a friend whose dad, uh, stepdad, turned out and he didn't know this was selling me morphine <laughs> and yeah super, super fucked up and like you hanging out with my dad so much yeah oh it was just like you know he, his dad like lived you know in the in a house across from where where he was and like i was secretly buying morphine from him because i knew that he had some because he was mm-hmm. like had like back problems and stuff and uh yeah so that was a hard one to do because it involved um like 
implicating someone else in his family with mm. an issue. And yeah. so that was a weird, it was a weird amends, but it was like, you know, uh, he knew that his dad was, you know, like would hook people up with stuff like that sometimes, but he didn't know that like it was so directly in my own mm. addiction mm-hmm. and my own story. So that was hard. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. What's your um, day-to-day life? Like how do you keep yourself spiritually centered on a day-to-day basis? Um, spiritually centered on a day-to-day basis. A lot of, uh, a lot of it has to do with, I mean, spiritually centered is hard for me because it's like what keeps me the most spiritually centered is, uh, by being actively involved in my own recovery Mm. and then also being, uh, and, and right now my involvement in recovery is almost exclusively in, helping other people with their recovery. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's, so there's an imbalance there where I know like I need to take care of myself Mm -hmm. a little bit more than I take care of other people. But like, you know, in lieu of going to meetings five times a week, you know, my recovery in the last couple of years has been based on helping other people who are early in recovery get to meetings. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, there's a lot of connections there to make to say for to keep hmm. myself, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But like that's that's I think what I do is like making sure that people who are the newcomers in my life yeah. uh, are getting the recovery that they need. It yeah. helps me a lot. Yeah, answering calls, getting back to people. Yeah, answering calls. Giving people a lift here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Taking people to, to meetings, you know, is for me, a huge part of my recovery, just because yeah. it gets me to a meeting. Yeah, that yeah. action. Is, yeah, and yeah. and you know, it reminds me of you know myself when I was in their position, and yeah. like I know what worked for me, and yeah. I hope that I can share that with other people. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, I you, try. You mentioned your atheism. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your? I mean. It seems redundant to ask, like, what is your relationship with your higher power? But yeah, like spraying chicken blood on the walls. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of uh, hailing Satan on a regular basis. Got it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Candles, chaos magicians. A lot of Mm -hmm. like uh, sacrificing animals. Got it. No, Mm -hmm. I mean my relationship with my higher power has a lot to do with because I'm an atheist. Has a lot to do with um, my fervent belief in the power of addicts meeting together yeah and like and one addict helping another one addict help, one helping of another. us one of us google one gobble google <laughs> gobble we accept you uh, yeah. <laughs> but like it helps so much and it's like it's it really does unlock this kind of like you know the group conscious the power of it mm-hmm. is like kind of an incredible thing it's what yeah. got me clean i yeah. mean if it wasn't for the people in the rooms uh, and everyone, ex- you know, sharing their experience, strength, and hope. Like I, I, I don't know where I'd be. Yeah. So, my relationship, I guess, with the higher power is most apparent when I am at a meeting or when I'm helping an addict. Okay. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm gonna send you so many meeting recommendations. Please do. Like, I'm gonna. You ever want to hit a meeting? I got some Please here. Do. Either here in Hollywood, and then the one that anyway. I'm a, yeah. I'll take you to NoHo. That's why I like. I like going out to NoHo, where it's like <laughs> yeah, where yeah. it's where shit is real. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> not this fairy tale LA bullshit. Yeah, not this fairy tale yeah. LA bullshit. Oh God. Not coming to meetings in your true religion jeans. No, yeah. yes, nah. I love it. Um. Oh my gosh. Uh. That's beautiful, man. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. Yeah. What is like one yes, message man. you'd like to, in the spirit of like one act addict helping another, like giving something away? Mm-hmm. What is one thing you would like to give away on this podcast? Um. Well, I guess it would be that. Um. In terms of your, I mean, if I'm an addict, putting myself in the position of being an addict who's still using, who's listening to this podcast and wondering, like, whether or not. I guess this would be for comedians because I end up helping comedians a lot, but like, yeah, um, they really find you at a show. Like yeah. I've had this, I'm sure you have right, this experience. All the time. It's like literally last night, like somebody, I couldn't even be at a show for very long. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, I have 113 days yeah. sober. And I was hey. like, I called over two women. I was like that one. And that one, come here. Yeah. Okay. I got to go. She's new in recovery. And then I just like ran out. Right, I right, like right. blew up their spot. Yeah, I was yeah. just like, yeah, here, talk to these women. And then I just like oh, ran out. Great. Yeah, I've done that so many times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no, yeah. it's it's uh, whenever I find them at, at shows, uh, any addict in recovery, I immediately it makes me happy just because yeah. it's like it's it is a hard environment to be uh, clean and sober yeah. at. Um, we have but, bars every single fucking night. I know, and yeah. drink tickets are fucking currency. That's yeah. how we get paid. It's like yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it would be for addicts who are listening. If you're in comedy. Uh, you getting high and or being drunk is not what makes you funny or interesting and Mm. and like Mm -hmm. this idea that without it you are somehow not living up to your potential you're not funny or any of the the fear you have around that it like it's just not true and it is literally just uh a crutch you could say that about any profession i mean you could i think Mm -hmm. you could it's like it's like you will be you the amount of career success that you can have being high and drunk uh is probably double if you were sober i know so (laughs) many very talented very successful comedians who are who are high and drunk and and like the highness and the drunkness doesn't doesn't help their their yeah. career. Some people make it their brand, and mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. But most of the people that I know, it's not their brand. It's just kind of this this thing. And like they they didn't get there because they were high and drunk. They got there because they're they're funny. good and funny and they're and yeah. they're trying. So that that's what I would say. That's beautiful. Man. Yeah, that's beautiful. Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieb. You can spell that out. M A T T L I E as an eagle, B as in boy, MattLieb.com. <laughs> I also do a podcast called the Frotcast that you can listen to. And I actually just started a new podcast, a Sopranos podcast. Hey, I yeah. just rewatched the entire show. Yeah. Oh it's, my God. We're going through episode by episode. Uh, have Stuart on because he's rewatching oh yeah? right now. Oh, beautiful. Yes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It, and I also think, oh God, what's his name? There's somebody else I'll, I'll try to remember there's um there's somebody else who's re-watching right now i hear him talking about it uh well it's called pod yourself a gun <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh and it is uh you know uh, i want to go uh, on there 
and uh yeah sec, please high t aka tony oh soprano. yeah oh yeah high t the other high aka t. tony soprano oh my god okay, nice. so yeah check out pod yourself a gun available on itunes now amazing yeah i love that i love that where can people okay. find you i'm on dapper duong on all social media platforms that's d-a-p-p-e-r-d-u-o-n-g uh all my shows are on there uh yeah got a really fun roast battle coming up title match in the belly room february 25th nice. come fucks with me we're gonna break some hearts and then we're gonna hug at the end yeah Anna. good luck um <laughs> good <Yeah>. luck <laughs> need it uh, all <laughs> uh you can find me at anna v is fun on twitter and instagram you can also find me uh and also uh facebook uh, my fan page is anna valenzuela slash or whatever facebook slash anna v is fun, whatever i don't know mm-hmm. it's a haunted mm-hmm. what do we call it a haunted theme park now yeah, facebook it's, it's just like, who gives park. a shit yeah. um uh-huh. you can also uh, find me on my website anna valenzuela.com uh you can find me on my other web or my other podcasts on the unpops network the brew jaja podcast brew haha if you speak Spanish and um, and if you are uh, uh, listening to this podcast you want to tweet us you want to um, gmail us you want to do it it's all at 12Q pod mm-hmm. uh, same thing with the Instagram so uh, check us out and Alex if nobody told you this today I love you Aww, I love you Anna. I love you uh, and Matt if nobody Matt, told you this today we love you I love, I love you man I love you too I love yeah. both of you guys thank you guys for having me on yeah, absolutely our pleasure it. this thank is wonderful and if you're listening this today nobody said this to you uh we love you we love you guys we love you